Hi, I'm Lanny. And I'm Chud X. And this is the world as it is today. Hey, everybody, we're back. We're back after a week's delay. We missed a week for good reason. Um, but here we are. Yep. We have good stuff coming up, too. We just recorded yesterday with a very special guest that we'll release next week. Oh, yeah, that's going to be great. That was great. It was a really good talk. Everybody knows this guest, and they will be, I'm sure, excited to listen to them talk um, maybe a little more personally than they do at other times. So, Do, do we say who it was, or do we make people wait? I'm making them wait, and wait. I'm even saying they, them, so people just they, can't even them. figure it out. She really was a they, them. <laughs> Just ruined it. <laughs> you totally ruined it. Okay, because then everyone's like, "Oh, it's a female." Never mind. I don't want to tune in. It can't possibly be cool. Women don't have good opinions. And then they're like, "Oh, wait, no. There's one female podcaster that people actually like." <laughs> oh, it must be her. So uh, anyway. anyway, spoiler alert. You figured it out. Um, but yeah, um, check out our website, greenerpostures.com. We are appreciating any donations that uh, you guys would like to give to help us keep this podcast going into the new year and hopefully improve our setup a little bit. Um, you can do that through PayPal or Venmo. The information is on the podcast page uh, on the website. Um, let's see what else. We had the bone broth workshop and that really went well. Great. A lot of people had fun. If you missed it and you want to purchase the playback that is available on the website as well. And, um, yeah, I think that, Oh, feed the beauty. The, the last episode is out mm -hmm. that we just recorded. And that was my topic. And I think it was an interesting conversation. Yeah. And we're trying to dial that one into closer to an hour, which I think is a little more doable for people. There's so many good podcasts out there. How would we phrase what that subject was? Was it about survivalism? No, prep. No, not prep. No, it was more self-sufficiency. We self talked about what is the definition of self-sufficiency? What does it mean to you? What does that look like in your life? And is that even attainable? Yeah. We talked a lot about how it's kind of a misconception when people hear your homesteading, they have a really weird view of what that means. Like, oh, you don't go to the grocery store anymore? More, you know that kind of a question right, right. so we we dived into that with the the normal uh co-hosts of feed the beauty which buffalo and legs from false reality check adam from deborah gets red pilled and mr and mrs moral bob mr and mrs moral bob hidden plain sight so uh check that out if you'd like to feed the beauty it has its own feed so you can search that in any of your podcatchers or it's also feedthebeauty.castos.com i believe so anyway, yeah, um, so we missed last week and, you know, I should probably do better like posting on our Instagram to say, Hey, we missed a week. What are you guys doing? And like mm, engage yeah. a little better, Sure. but I don't, I don't do very well with the in, uh, world as it is today. Instagram, I'm all over the greener postures, Instagram. So if you want to see pictures of me pouring honey on cranberries or something, oh, I do, I do. <laughs> it's, that's hot. Um, yeah, you can check the, the greener postures Instagram out for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't communicate to anybody. We just, we just left, left them hanging after, you know, a fun one for us to record, but probably not our best episode last talking about twilight zone. Um, that was super fun, fun to talk about though. I like fun, but I don't think they're the strongest episodes. Yeah. They're the funnest. They're, they're the greatest to record. Yeah. But they're not strong. Not necessarily the best to listen to. But yeah. anyway. Last week, you had a few day, extra days off work. Yep, I took a little vacation. We yeah. were only taking three shifts off, but it made for five in a row. And it was a great time. 
And we, you went on a little tiny road trip and yeah. I took, an overnight. I took an eight-year-old on a road trip and I brought back a nine-year-old. Yeah, I still can't find our kid. So if anyone's... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I brought wrong the wrong kid. <laughs> I brought the wrong kid. It's okay. Um, so... But yeah, we, we went was... on a little birthday road trip. We left when he was eight and we came back and he was nine. Uh, we went to a really kick-ass uh, reptile museum where we got to see uh, an albino alligator, which is great for us because one of our favorite albums to listen to is called uh, Riding White Alligators by, huh. by the band Only a Mother, as in looks only a mother could love. Huh. Uh, anyway, uh, that, was, that was really cool. It was like a roadside attraction type thing. They had like a two-headed turtle, which uh, it, it was... It, it was really not as spectacular as that might sound. It might sound like a, a really, really unbelievable thing. But no, it was a living turtle with, with two heads. It was a conjoined twin. Uh, it was... One shell, two heads? One shell, two heads, four legs, one tail. One turtle, one shell, two heads? Sorry, I'm thinking of two, one girl, two girls, one cup. Oh, two girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something in there. I'm trying to, trying to make a joke, and it's not... Two turtles, one shell. Yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that was really cool. There were also a bunch of deadly snakes and things like that. Mm, spiders. And spiders. Yeah. He's our son is not the biggest fan of spiders, uh, but that was okay. Um, he he was they were they were all right at the entrance. Kind of would have been nice for him, I guess, if they'd been at the end of it, so he just wouldn't. So he wasn't worried he was going to see him the whole time, probably, right? Yeah, instead it was kind of like, let's rush in through the front and then start looking at snakes and turtles. And man, there were there was like a tortoise that was uh, about 70 years old that was mm, there. Cool. Um, yeah, huge, that's amazing. Huge, size of a small Volkswagen. <laughs> that's you amazing know. how turtles can live to be so old. Yeah, and, the, and the card said it could live up to, up to 200 years. 100 to 150 Amazing. is average lifespan, it said. How do they know? None of us have ever lived that long, know. right? That's, uh, I, I think you know, they cut you... them open and count the rings. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's when you get like a stray cat and you take them to the vet and they tell you how old it is. It's like, you guys don't know. Sometimes you'll they'll tell you they're old as shit, but then they live a really, really long time and they're healthy and you're like, oh, they were young. And yeah. other times they're like, oh, it's young. And then like two years later, it's decrepit and its teeth are falling out. And you're like, oh, this was already an old cat. Right, right. Yeah, and they didn't cut any of those cats until... Tell now, me how many rings it had. Now, I do think that it's likely that they know the age of it because these types of um, zoos and museums, or I guess it'd be all zoos, uh, these types of facilities have existed long enough that it could be that they bought it from SeaWorld or, you know, like it, some... It was, yeah, that it's been in captivity for the entire the, amount of time. A, yeah, that's, yeah, that's sort of what I figured because it didn't seem too sad. Although I would say... I didn't talk about this with you. I did. I made eye contact with a lot of these reptiles and like stared into their eyes and some, um, you know, I don't think I could connect with or anything, but like the albino alligator, he seems sad to me. Like just when I'm looking him in the eye, you know, from the side, sad that he wasn't eating you. And he's just kind of looking at me and he didn't seem like the snakes. I don't, I feel like they can't see me almost like Mm -hmm. they're not, we're they not, can see like your heat signature or something. Our resonance is yeah. on the same level. Yeah. And we're not like making eye contact. I did feel like I was making eye contact with a few of these reptiles. And the ones that I did, I, I didn't 
I didn't sense they were happy. Right. And then you ask yourself, how could they be happy? They're in captivity. Yeah, it doesn't matter how good of a job that place takes care of. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying the name of it because I don't know why, but uh, I, I don't want them to look bad. They were probably as great of a place as, as yeah, something like this like could be. Yeah, it's just like the zoo when they're like the animals are in these amazing enclosures and like they've got everything, and their handlers are really enthusiastic about what they're doing and care about the animals. And it's still it makes me like I'm, I almost cry the entire time we're at the zoo. Yeah, right. It's like just this gut wrenching feeling of like you're a they're female. not. <laughs> it was that time of the <laughs> month. No, they, it was. It's maybe it was because that would explain it. But it's like welling emotion in my face. Yeah, because. I feel so bad that these animals aren't in their natural environment. Remember that time that monkey wanted to look in my ear? That was the coolest thing ever. So we were at, it wasn't a monkey, it was a gorilla. Okay. It was a silverback gorilla, one of those big ass ones that have like a ripped chest and yeah, stuff, yeah. you know? And I we, could have taken him. Record, <laughs> you you know. could not have taken him. We were there with our little guy. I think we even had a stroller, so our, our big guy was a little guy. Yeah, he hasn't been to a zoo since he was little. Yeah, I think you went once with him after. Like, I mean a regular zoo. Obviously, we just went to a reptile zoo. Yeah, you, you went once with him after this um, without me. I remember that. But anyway, we're there and we're at the gorilla enclosure and the gorilla is right up against glass and people are kind of crowding around and there's a, a zookeeper on this same side of the glass as us and they're um, kind of talking to somebody. People are giggling and then they move and you move right up and the gorilla taps on the glass and points at you mm-hmm. and the gorilla goes, oh, he wants to get a closer look. So you, or the gorilla. The gorilla did <laughs> I the wish. Z- the zookeeper said that. I wish I had that level of weed in my <laughs> system. <laughs> You're like, whoa. Um, the zookeeper, excuse me, says um, that he wants to get a closer look. You get closer up, and then he taps again, and he says he wants to look in your ears. Uh-huh. He wa- and so you put, you moved your hair or whatever, you know, and t- maybe took your hat ear. off. You presented your ear and pr- like kind of pushed it up against the glass. And the monkey or the gorilla looks in your ear and then taps again. And, and the, the zookeeper goes other ear and you, you flipped to the other side and he looked in your other ear. And then the monk, the gorilla was like approving of it. It's all right. Okay. And then I was like, he, he, he can along, go. He can you know. go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that was a trip. It was, that was really, cool. really cool. Cause you were like super communicating with them. And I think he liked you cause you were hairy. Cause oh, yeah. he, picked he just you. thought I was one of them. You're a hairy man. <laughs> He's one of those people. One of our people. Yeah. So that was actually, that was my favorite zoo experience. But then I was also really sad. I was like, something with that much personality and that much way of communicating and that much understanding is knows that they're locked in this place that they Stuck can't get out Stuck in there with a fake boulder over there. Yeah, you know? he knows that. And I don't think there just, were fake um, boulders, but still, it's just, it's all curated it's Just all like that put together for the him, shit not... on the news was it hom- ombre or hombre or something like there was some some gorilla that had to be killed because there was a little boy that fell into the enclosure yeah. and they were like you everyone saw the video and uh-huh. he's like dragging that little kid around that was so sad the whole situation was sad i was like because none of that should be happening Right. But then on the other hand, it's amazing to see these animals up close in person. I might not even believe that they exist if I wouldn't have actually seen them myself. That's a good point. I mean, we'd be right to speculate that like, well, I don't know people talk about these things. Yeah. I've never seen seen a freaking banana growing on a tree. I don't know if that's a real thing. And people are like, um, it's all over. And they grow upside down. Yeah. They grow upside down. Well, I think it's just right side up. We just had a misunderstanding of which way to place the label on the banana at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. 
that was uh, that was a good time for you guys to go out and you went bowling. Yeah, I went bowling a couple times. And then we went bowling for his kid's birthday party after you guys got back. So you, you did two uh, bouts of bowling. Bowling's well, fun. All that time, spending time with, with a kid and multiple kids, kind of had me thinking about something that I thought about a lot when I was just north of 20. Um, something that back in my, in my drunken days of spending all my time in... Uh, dive bars, uh, a dive bar, even more specifically. Um, I would, I, I did basically what I do here with podcasting, but I did it in my booth, my seat, and I'd sit there and people would come and go and I would try to blow their minds with conversation, you know, just presenting different points of view and things like that. It's what eventually led to my downfall and, um, ostracization of all people who knew me because they were like, wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me you're a Republican? All of a sudden Obama was president and then yeah. everything changed. All of a sudden Obama was running for president. It was just yeah. during the time that he was running, everyone lost their faith in me. And then after he was elected and I was critical of him, it was like, get out of here kind of a deal. It really, it was great because it helped me sober up. Yeah. Helped me realize I didn't need to be in that environment. I might still be sitting there otherwise. But, uh, okay, so this trip was, in reflection of the trip, it was reminding me of something that I used to talk about a lot um, uh, with, with other people, which was that I was really insistent that we needed to remember our childhoods. Uh, not remember our childhoods, like the memories of our childhood, but put ourselves in the place of being a child. Uh, examples that I would say was like, you need to get on a swing from time to time and swing and feel that, that feeling that you had when you were a kid on a swing or a fun one was like, walk backwards. Yeah. Just like walk down the, the street, not a busy street, you know, not put yourself in danger. <laughs> uh, more ideally, uh, folks at home do this in an open, empty field where there's no danger. Just like walk backwards. Or walk with your eyes closed. Um, My favorite one, I, I, I know what you mean. When I was early 20s and I was thinking the same thing, it was always about like trying to figure out how to see the world with fresh eyes. And that's what it is to be a kid. Yeah. And I would do that, like to be, if I was felt like I had writer's block or something, I would take my notepad into a weird corner in the house and sit down somewhere. Like I would get in my closet and I would just look at my room from a different angle than like I've ever been door, able to with before. With the door open. Yeah. Not just close Not just close and, and, and then cry. Like, wow. So this is what it's like to be gay and not tell anyone. <laughs> That's what they say. No. Um, it was more like just to get a different perspective on the room and like see it differently. Or maybe I would climb on top of a dresser and sit on top of the dresser um, and, and see it from a higher Yeah, point, just look you know? at your, your living quarters from a different... Yeah angle kind of changes everything. It's like why uh, moving your furniture around from time to time is really good. I would do that a lot too. It's like you just just move your couch from one side of the room to the other and then make everything else fit with that move. And then all of a sudden you sit down when you're all done and you're like, oh man, I feel like I've never lived here before. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that to me was always about like getting a new perspective. And a big part of that was like understanding that as I'm getting older, I'm losing this childlike wonder and and I need to keep it in I felt it important to keep it intact mm -hmm. 
So, so there's a, there's a dangerous and fine line, just like with so many things that we talk about on here. Um, it's to me, it's, I don't know about danger. Well, it's dangerous. Yeah, I think it is dangerous, but there's a fine line between what I'm talking about of remembering what it's like to be a kid and what you're talking about here and being a kid, because there's something I see personally, just a personal opinion. I think it's, it's, it's like I said, dangerous for our culture that we have so many adults who are hanging too much so onto childhood, but it's different than what I was talking about in those conversations. The, the stuff that I'm seeing today is, um, uh, not that I don't like this, but it's summed up really well with talking about robot chicken. Oh yeah. Uh, if you're familiar with that, uh, I know you are, but if our listeners are familiar with the, that show, it's made with toys um, and they like stop motion animation use, use using, using Barbies and action GI figure, Joes, action figure stuff, yeah. stuff like that. And then recreating scenes from movies and parodying them in ways that I think genuinely are often clever, uh, and sometimes not, but, uh, and I, and I do kind of like that show. It's not like a favorite, but I haven't seen all of it, but I've laughed when I've seen it. Um, but, uh, that, is kind of an embodiment of it, but all the adult cartoons, mm-hmm. grown-up cartoons. I don't mean adult in a pornographic sense, but just no, like the Simpsons adult-oriented. Or... Simpsons used to be a kind of a single thing. But Beavis and more, Butthead was kind like, of a uh, single Rick thing. Rick and Morty, and there's like a ton but of them now. Now there's like a whole station devoted just to cartoons that are not for kids, because I see us as um, a, a culture that's not evolving. We're we're having a genuine issue and this is why i believe any of this is dangerous of uh weak cuck males yeah men not growing up to be men men who don't have time to look for a girlfriend because they're busy trying to find their favorite legos from when they were a kid yeah Uh, or like they're busy filming unboxing videos of some toy yeah they got it's so funny that you say that because I was thinking of someone specific that I know in peripheral who was talking about getting Legos yeah. recently. And why was he getting Legos? Because he does unboxing videos on YouTube and he's trying to make a huge, he's trying to be an influencer. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's, he's old for that. Yeah. He's like 30. Uh-huh. You know? And, and I'm not saying that any of that's like... Individually, it's not bad. It's well, that this I mean, is a anybody can have a, po- a hobby, but what what else are you doing with your life? You know? Yeah, right, right. Like, are you established? Do you have a family? Like, I don't know. Those things are what, what I feel like. And are in important. this case, no, no. Yeah, you know, yeah. like the, the no to both of those. He doesn't have an established job. He doesn't have a family. He and maybe even blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, whittling that down to the most most important. Are you happy? Yeah, right. Which I don't. this is you can't answer for someone else but you don't know who i'm talking about nobody listening knows who i'm talking about but this person i would observe from my stupid ass perspective he's looking for happy he's not happy he's looking for happiness by finding his favorite lego set from when he was a kid spending 300 dollars on it and then getting that mailed to him and then opening that in front of people and showing his nostalgia for it and there's nothing wrong with nostalgia i have plenty of it uh but it's like this retardation of our development of our young men that I think is as a huge movement. I think there's always been people like that. And some of those people are some of the best people in the world. Uh Uh, They, they can be children's entertainers and such. Um, 
and uh, and or people with like eclectic collections that are very interesting. I, I think of uh, throwback to last episode we recorded. I think of the Mr. Beavis episode of uh, Twilight Zone, where he was a weirdo that um, liked weird music and playing with old toys, and he was friends with all the children in the area. It was a certain type of music. I can't remember the zither n- zither music zither music. Yeah, um, but. Uh, you know, and, and that guy wasn't a bad guy, I don't think. And I think there's been plenty of those people that aren't like, it's not like bad. It's that our culture is kind of moving in that direction and that everybody thinks they can be an unboxing influencer of well, toys. Yeah, it's like it's like what we used to say, not everyone can join the NBA. And now we're like, not everyone can be an unboxing influencer. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Set your expectations correctly. Um, so, uh, so it's like a fine line between... Um, Whatever that is that I'm trying to describe, I don't really have a word for it, but those, those, um, uh, I want to say young men with a retardation on their ability to mature and become men and start families and create a future culture. Fundamental immaturity. Right. I just pulled that out of my ass, but that's what I mean. Like that works perfectly. Uh, there's a fine line between going down that road and then just remembering what it's like to be nine years old um a birthday means like nothing to me (laughs) anymore like uh and it's not true for everyone who's 40 um but i i like really don't care about my birthdays um if i do ever care about it it's because someone's doing something nice for me and they care about my birthday not because i care about right right and usually like now we're having to do math to figure out to remember what what birthday it is you know but for us to be out on the road and for he woke up a little bit before me, like moments before me, and he shook me awake and I immediately snapped into your nine, you know, and yeah. I got like really excited and I brought the excitement level up because I remember that that's how exciting a birthday was when I was that young. Um, you know, he didn't get crazy great gifts. <laughs> No, it was pretty basic. It was exactly what I hope that every birthday could be for our kids. Yeah, but we there was spent... fun experiences. There was a lot of money spent that we oh, yeah. need to be careful cheap. with. It wasn't because cheap. you took a trip and you stayed in a hotel and you went and bowling and you ate out and you yeah. And, you know. But you made that time with him and you made memories with him. And and that wasn't just a bunch of shit, you know, to unwrap. And that's kind of what I'm getting at uh, is that I spent all that time with him. I took time off of work. I made less money to go spend more money to create a uh, period of time that will last, I would hope will last as a memory with this guy for the rest of his life. It's, it's important to make that time where your, your attention is just devoted to him because he was an only child for six years and that's, it's, he's doing such a good job being a big brother and sharing that space mm-hmm. that like, it's like to reward him with that attention from you is like more than anything money could buy. Yeah, know? absolutely. And I think, and I, I could be totally wrong about this. Um, I'm, I'm casting judgment on a culture. I could be totally wrong about the influencing box or unboxing oh, and yeah. stuff too. But, uh, I think a lot of dads who are in their forties wouldn't even consider doing what I did. Um, that taking time like that time off work, like taking a small vacation for your son's birthday. Yeah. Like I feel like if I was still in the auto body industry and I said, I need 
a vacation and they say why you'd say, get a lot of shit i'd say oh because i'm taking my son to a reptile museum and we're gonna uh go to a lego store as we did and go bowling they'd be like and you need time off for this like so that's more valuable to you than the number of dollars that you would have made in those in those three days and that it's you would have... super hard for those people to understand that yes it is it absolutely is. it is more valuable um i I used to baffle one individual in the auto body industry when they'd ask if I was rich yet. And I'd always say, I have no money, but I am the richest man here. Well, he was retarded. He was, but that's not his fault. He was uh, mentally retarded. He, he really was. It was not, <laughs> not as an insult. But he no, was, he was, it was our special guy of the shop. And he, uh, he loved to say, oh, you're making all the money? Yeah. Uh, you got all your money yet? And, Are you rich yet? But I didn't baffle him with my answer. Yeah. I baffled the people around. Oh, him. they would all, they would like, what a fag, you know, <laughs> like, like seriously, like that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. And that ties into all the stuff that we talk about, about the really with the feminist movement and stuff, the industrialization of our country, where we think that the most important thing is to make enough money to be yeah. happy yeah, and to make that money outside of our home and outside of our family. And that, is so the antithesis of what we're going and, for here. And that's what I'm getting at when I say I think a lot of men in their 40s, a lot of fathers in their 40s wouldn't take this time because they've been, they're part of the culture. Oh, yeah. And they know that uh, their role in this world is to stay away from their family and make as much money as they can to make their family not mad at them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, something, or something like that. Again, I'm being wild with my accusations of like most men in their forties. Uh, I always say blanket statements don't work. And this yeah. is true in this case. One example is right here as I'm speaking, I'm saying that I didn't go with that. Yeah, so there are other people in your 40. There are other people who don't. And I could be so I could have my finger off the pulse and not realize that most men in their forties are the greatest. Yeah. Dads well, maybe a lot of people want to do that and they feel like they can't because of peer pressure or because of financial or wife pressure, pressure or their wife. Maybe, aren't maybe their wife says, what? You're going to go without me? You know? Yeah. Because part of me was like, oh, I wish I was there. But then I think about the logistics of that and having the two year old and yeah. almost two year old. And I'm like, you know, I, I this thought that is good. a dozen times, uh, both planning and executing it. And maybe even uh, after, you know, like I, I wanted you guys there. I, we missed you sorely. We thought about you. We talked about you. We prayed about you the whole time. Um, but we, we needed, uh, he needed that one-on-one -on -one time where it's not us taking turns, giving him more attention versus the baby more attention. Yeah. yeah it was interesting too. Cause I think we talked on the phone with each other more than we ever have in our whole lives. <laughs> possibly we like spoke be. like three times for five minutes total. And it was like, well, I've never really talked to you on the phone before. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But you know what you were saying about, um, remembering what it's like to be a kid and like letting yourself enjoy life like a child would or to view things from a child's eyes while not being immature yes. and not, um, you know, negating your responsibilities. I think that that's pretty important. And I think that might be a hard balancing act for some people. And, and here's why that's such a fine line. My priorities have changed since I was speaking about that. I was quite young. I yeah, was, yeah. We were talking about like, our early 20s when I was sitting in a closet writing in my journal and you were um, at a bar or so, going on the swings after being so, at the bar. Yeah, yeah. Which which was 
part of that is I would say, come on, let's leave. Let's leave the bar. We're going to a park right now and we're going to go sit on the swings and we're going to get a, a six pack, <laughs> a 30 pack of beer <laughs> and uh, go to the park at three in the morning and we're going to play on the swings and go down the slides. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd force people into this, not force, but I'd, I'd convince people that this was a good idea and that it's good for us to do. And people would have a blast. Now, I don't think that stuck with most people. A lot, maybe some, but uh, if it it would have it did stick with me, and if my priorities hadn't changed, and I was to have never met you, and become a family man, and I was and I am at this point in my life still sitting in that same bar or a different bar or a different city doing the same thing, and I'm still telling people to remember their childhood, and I don't have children, and I'm not able to put what that was good practice for in my early 20s was to remember at that time when I could still remember (laughs) what it was like to be a kid. Now, I might not remember if there was, if I was still a little kid, had I kept my head down working since I was 16 years old. Instead, you remember remembering. Right. Yeah. And that allowed me to open up as, uh, nine years ago, I became a father, uh, I genuinely enjoy watching cartoons with my kid as opposed to having it be a babysitter. And it's not willy nilly. We were just talking about this the other day. Barney was never allowed in our house. Right. We never let our kid watch. You know, the big purple dinosaur Barney. We never let, I love you. You love me. Homosexuality. (laughs) There was a lot of jokes like that about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I think I do a pretty good impression, so you're welcome for that. Much better than mine. Um, But that same thing with Blue's Clues. That was annoying to me. I I babysat a kid for a little while when that was really popular, and he liked that. Yeah, so so these things, they were both after our time, and we were annoyed by them. There were other things that were more... um, uh, timely for our kid that I also didn't like that wasn't allowed. Sure. Caillou, I think it's called. It's uh, spelled weird. It's got an yeah. L in it. A little bald um, kid. Yeah. And yeah. They, it's whiny, like whiny, whiny uh, sound. Like just, uh, I Paw just. Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol, like PJ Masks. These something. are all things I haven't even seen, but I could see. I, I just maybe knew look, I didn't want that. It's, it's on for two seconds and I go, no, no, no. I don't like this. Therefore, we're not going to watch it. Instead, let's watch Scooby-Doo. Yeah, and instead, maybe let's watch Bob's Burgers. It's a family show. It's not perfect. They say weird stuff in it sometimes. I'm good at sex. I'm good at sex. You're bad at sex. You're bad at sex. Uh, there's that there's, there's some There's some things that but, like, I start going, oh, I don't know if I want to be But on those, this. especially the first few uh, seasons, they didn't have that as much. Yeah. And a lot of the more adult humor would just go over the head of a little kid. Yeah. And those to watch with our kid was fun. And old Simpsons were the same way. Yep. New were Simpsons we would watch first before watching them with him when he was real little. Yeah. And um that put us in this place like if we're gonna if we're gonna do something that a kid likes to do, like watch TV or play video games, we're gonna do it in a way where we enjoy it too, so that we can be there with him and like bro down on it and talk through it and um, talk about what we like about it and, and what we take away and what morals are are hit on and maybe what's something we don't like mm-hmm. um, that happens in it. It's like uh, I still, I still, uh, as we talked about in our in our episode we just recorded that will come out next week. Um, I I stop, I hit the pause button quite often while watching children's programming with my children, 
in order to tell them, hey, you see how this is propaganda? Right. You see how this is, uh, they're, they're telling us something about the environment without telling us. Yeah. And, they're, and you can know that I personally don't agree with what they're saying. I'm not saying we're turning it off. We're going to keep watching. But just know that what they're putting into your head is the opposite of what your dad believes. Right. Take take that how thy will. <laughs> yeah, and it's not really like you don't have to ruin everything for I them. I don't. I try not to. But it's just a quick pause and a little conversation. And honestly, our kid likes to talk enough that it's never a big deal to just pause and chat for a second. If anything, I'm annoyed on the other hand because he wants to pause to tell me what just happened because he yes. thinks that's something you do. Oh, he's like, just like repeating. Oh, pause it, pause it. Did you see how... And then this exact oh sequence just happened. And he's that we so all just good watched. at explaining every single minute detail of something. It's actually impressive. Like some, there'll, there'll be something that he needs that skill for in his life. Yeah, you know, he, he's definitely a storyteller and you get a good visual, but it's kind of like, yeah, we were just watching it all together. Mm-hmm. And or, like, or even last night you told last him night, a joke. I told you something. I told you I, something happened that reminded me of a little Simpsons moment and I told you about it and he came in at the tail end of that and I was like, oh, okay. And I restated it and it was an episode that he either hasn't seen or doesn't remember and I described it all the way through fairly quickly and then he said, he goes, oh, wait, here's a Simpsons joke for you. Yeah. And he did the same yeah. thing I did verbatim. Took ten times longer. I know it was impressive though how he remembered every detail that but you said, and he detail. hadn't watched it. He just yeah. repeated what you said. Yeah, and I was like, that's why you gotta watch what you say around your kids, man. If you're sending them to public school, they're sponges. <laughs> they're they're gonna sponge. say everything that they want to say. Mm-hmm. Especially our kid. Anyone who's met him knows mm-hmm. he's a talker. He's a talker. And they're like, oh, where did he get that from? I was like. I don't know. Not from me. What are you talking about? (laughs) I know, and it sounds funny that I say that because I hear I am on a podcast where all anybody listening knows me for is talking. Social situation. It's not. It's not necessary. You're not necessarily chatty. You are when you are, but you're not all. If someone's willing to hear what I have to say, I'll say too much. But typically, I'm not pushing that on people. So it's likely that if I'm in a large social gathering. I like want to bring the dog so that I can sit in the corner and take care of the dog and keep my head down. And, <laughs> and not I pay am the one standing in front of a crowd of people telling a, a story that I want them to laugh at, like practice, like I'm practicing my stand-up routine. Mm-hmm. Because when I get nervous in social situations that I don't, when I don't know people very well, I just talk a lot. Where'd you get that? My dad. Yeah. <laughs> Your dad talks such crazy shit when he's nervous. I know, and especially if he's had a few listening, drinks. Listening to him with my with my uh, boss at our wedding. Not our wedding wedding, but our wedding um Oh, I forgot they even thing. would have interacted. Oh, yeah. he still talks about that to this really? day. Really? Like, 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 that guy can't shut up, can he? <laughs> like, he starts, starts getting into the weeds of just like... Like where rust accumulates on my on my trailer, yeah. you know, like because he just whatever. he cannot stop talking just because he was nervous. nervous. You know? Yeah, that's what he does, and he says he says this weird thing. On it, uh-huh. he used to say on it like like instead of saying um, he's like you know you got a rust on it, 
And that might sound normal because you have rust on something. But oh. then there's other times where he would say on it where it didn't make sense. And yeah. we like started to notice that. Like I started to really pay attention to it at some point. Yeah, we stopped off at the gas station because, uh, you know, uh, it was on it that we didn't have the uh, the gas in the car. So we needed to get the gas on it. And, you know, uh, so, it would so be we... like, no, it was more like he was he would say it and then like it would be a pause. And it was it was just exactly in place of um, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Or so, you know, when people sure, are sure. thinking of the next thing, it's really funny. I haven't thought about that in or, a while. You know, you know. I know a certain podcaster who says, "You know, way is that too you? much." It's me. I wonder <laughs> I don't, I no say one's that. ever told me that, but I've listened back to some you, things, and I'm like, and "Man, really? I say you know, I say it too much." Like, like I'm assuming the people know what I'm talking about, which is not my intention. Listening back, I never am thinking they they already know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's my um. Uh-huh. It's it's you know, my it's uh, my. I yeah, need yeah, to yeah. think about something for half a second, so I say. It's like, you know, blah. It's like, you know, whatever. It's like, you know, whatever. <laughs> I guess when there's a like in front, it's, uh, it's it sounds totally different, different. But yeah. anyway, it's, you know, different than what I normally would do. You know, <laughs> you just said it twice. You know that you said it twice. <laughs> I did. Okay. I'm, now I'm purposely trying to say it and it's harder to do than it does. than it comes out organically. Our yeah. listeners probably know exactly what I'm talking about. They never you know, noticed until you just told them, and now they're annoyed by you, and they don't want to listen anymore. Oh, so. shit. I should have kept just, that to myself. <laughs> oh, look at I can see the ticks going down. There's so many less viewers. Sorry. Oh, now that we're moving on to a different subject, I see our listenership is peaking back up. Okay, cool. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, we don't record live. <laughs> this is just our pretend time, which is a great show. <laughs> yes, it is. <clears throat> so, um, what should we, where should we go from here? Well, uh, I don't know how long we're going to go because I, I don't want this to like open up too much more. But uh, um, so it combines with that trip and all of this and maybe even the whole grandioso picture that we're looking at with the traditional to the nuclear to the modern family, uh, which comes from uh, I talked with Alana Freeland yeah. again. Um, first time on a podcast uh, over on Deborah Gets Red Pill. Be sure to check that episode out. It's freaking amazing. It's good. You know, from don't forget what you're about to say. Yeah. But from me listening to her speak many times, including in person, um, I think that was one of the better ones because you kind of directed her in a way where she talked about some positive stuff more so than she does. Because yeah. what she talks about is really heavy and scary. Yes. And so she kind of had, it was a lighter conversation, especially towards the end than it ever has been before. Yeah. We got, we got positive notes out of her as yeah. opposed to, yeah, everyone's fucked. Yeah. Well, and kind of the way she's it like, ends. well, everyone's fucked, but so, you know, it's okay. We're going, she's always like, I'm going down with the ship. It's fine. Uh-huh. I'm not going to go hide in the woods. Uh, so something she said briefly, and I kind of wanted to talk to her more about it, but she was on a roll and I never got back to it, was she talked about getting a little sick or something when she was out of town, when she was out doing, she had to cancel some of her lectures because they she wasn't feeling good. And one of the brief things that she mentioned that she thought contributed to it was her geomagnetic location being disrupted because... We all have, and I'm, I'm not a direct quoting her, but this was the sentiment of what she was saying, that we all adjust to our geomagnetic location, where we're physically at on the planet as, as, she, as she sees it. Um, and when she leaves her home and she's in L.A., she's not in line with her geomagnetic location. 
Yeah, and I I heard that when I was I listened to that separately from you. You're at work, and I immediately thought of you. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're in your geomagnetic location, like yeah. within a few a hundred feet. Right, and well, and look at my my grandpa, who, yeah, who was born not in this house, but on this property in the was, same exact location. He was three years old, I believe. When the house three, three was or three or five finished. years old, when the house was finished, and he moved into this house. And he lived on this property not far from here uh, prior to that. And he died at 92, never having moved. Yeah. Ever. He never once moved. His father also lived here for the majority of his life. In this general location. Yes. Yes. So. Um, But, uh, and and, so I don't think it's too pinpointed. I don't think that geo, I'm, I'm just making this up. I'm yeah. not. I'm not going off of anyone else's stuff. I didn't talk to Alana about this or anything, but I would imagine that geomagnetic location would be maybe within a 50 mile radius of where you're born. Sure, Something you know, like that. it's like you start to feel different when you're like. There used to be actually a certain spot on Highway 20 when I would go east of the mountains, oh. where I would feel like now I've left town. Okay. And it was a specific spot, which now are. Because you were born off of Highway 20, weren't you? Well, I was born in, yeah, in the Cedar Woolley Hospital. Yeah, which Tawny goes right through Cedar Woolley. Yeah, which is interesting because once I was past that is where I would feel it. And it's funny because our, our friends now own that farm mm-hmm. that I would use as my point. And you know what else is on that? You know what else is that line? The, the power lines. The big power lines, the ones I'm a little yeah. obsessive with. Yeah, and then there's that tree that has the big hole in it. Mm-hmm. Which I would which be is on his like property. was magical to me. I was so excited when we went to their property, and I realized You're like, oh, it was shit, that, tree. It's that tree. I can go up close to it for the first time. Like I've noticed dr- that driving by since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was always that spot just after that tree where I would be like, I'm leaving town. Like it felt different. It was like it was usually a good tree. feeling. Think about it though. Yeah, I, I I never would have thought about this in prior years of us talking about it, but it's because I've been so so. Uh, observant of these things in the last year you pass that tree and then you pass under those major it's a major set of power lines that go all the way from ross dam to conoco phillips and and bp on the coast yeah on, on, on the, the coast on the bay or whatever. uh and they and they cross not too far from here and they are scary as fuck yeah but uh uh you think about it though you see that tree and then you pass those power lines i don't know it's interesting. Maybe that's part of like the geoengineering. It's fencing me into, into uh-huh, this location. Uh-huh. Well, so, okay. The geomagnetic location though, like, I, I don't know if there is a radius, like I was saying, like I said, 50 miles from your birthplace or something like that. But let's just say like your town, mm-hmm. your village, your city, your something, probably not state unless you're in tiny, like physically tiny state, mm-hmm. um, Rhode Island. like Rhode Island or whatever. <laughs> Uh, but even then that's bigger. I mean, it yeah. seems small, but I've never been there. So, you yeah, know, I, it, I'm sure it would feel bigger if I was standing there, uh, your County, you know, some, yeah. some kind of, some kind of something. And I think that, you know, I experienced it going, uh, a couple hundred miles away from here. Um, last week, last week, mm-hmm. um, I didn't get sick, but, uh, nothing's quite right. Uh, not nothing. A lot of things were quite, quite, quite right. But if you asked me which direction was north, I'd have to look and go mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. Whereas here in general, 
You asked me which direction is north. I look at you like you're stupid and I say, well, the mountain's over there and the water's over there. So that means it's that way. Yeah. You know, like we, we all should always know where north is, right? What, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not taking into account that I just, I know where that mountain is. I, right now, I know where the water and the mountain and north are without thinking about it, even though there's clouds to the direction of the mountain and we're, uh, we have trees in the other direction that don't let us see the water. Like no, if I was just dropped off here and I didn't spend time here, I would have no idea which direction North is. Um, but is there something to that? I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open to it. And I think that would very much combine in with the generational homestead and the traditional family that we've been talking about. Like the, we talk about the idea that there's like a psyop to break these things up. And one of those major components is moving. Yeah. We want people moving. We want children to move out of the house when they're 18. Right. We were talking about this yesterday because we were talking about shelving and you, you were talking about how there were these built in like China cabinets and shelves and bench seats with shelving underneath it that were in this home before it was remodeled. Yeah. And I was, and you were like, yeah, that's when people knew that you built your shelves into your walls, not these cheap, movable stuff. And I was like, well, that's because people didn't move. They didn't yeah. use to move. Now we need furniture that we can take with us places. They were built perfectly for my great grandparents, but were they built great perfectly for the renters that were here right. uh, th four years ago? No, you know, like, and it, was, it looked dated. So you don't want something that looked dated. It needs to be modern. It needs to be updated because we have these ideas that we have to keep with the style all the time. And this. our house goes with that. Our previous home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a manufactured home from the seventies from the seventies and it had a built-in set of cabinets. Yeah. China cabinet with the glass doors the and glass like, doors and, and we, and we used those and they weren't perfect for us, but we used them. I used uh, those for some display displaying our weird trinkets and then board games underneath. Yeah. yeah. Instead I mean, of, there wasn't a, our sets of dishes or whatever, but that's not my point. Um, your dad remodeled that house when we got out of there mm -hmm. and then sold it and, and then sold it. What was the very first thing they did before they, they tore up the carpet? Before they tore up the carpet and the kitchen even. They took out those built-in shelves. They built took out shelves. the built-in shelves. Yep. Because that's what you do. Cause, and it's it's not like he was drawn towards that. He just looks at a project and says, well, you know, this isn't going to be liked by the next person. Yeah. Whatever's built in like that isn't going to be I liked by the next person. I wonder too if he looks at it and goes, I'm probably going to end up breaking this glass anyway. I should probably just tear it or down Or he now. walked in and walked up to him and accidentally <laughs> broke the glass and was like, well, let's just take my <laughs> <laughs> My dad does break things a lot. Um, but, uh... Yeah, that's the, interesting. So, so yeah, you know, we're, like we're supposed to, we're made to move around, we're made to update things, we're made to think things look old and want something new. And and within that too, I was saying like we're we're expected to move out when we're eighteen. And I was gonna say we're expected to move the grandparents out when they're old. Except it's not even move them out. It's that you get a new home at some point, and the grandparents go that way, and you go that way. Uh, the kids go one direction, you go another direction. And, um, then even within that, um, how many people in current times raise a child from zero to 18 in one home? I bet it's low. Just guessing. I mean, I don't have any stats on this or anything, but typically when I meet people, 
they don't seem to have been in the same place for five years. And, and so my parents bought a house after they got married before I was born. And I lived in that house until I was about 17 is when they bought the big house that they were remodeling. And I moved myself into the big house by myself while there was like no floor in the kitchen. Oh, and stuff. I see what you mean. And I lived in this under construction yeah, house, yeah, yeah, yeah. like in one room, I, there was a bathroom that. and a bedroom that was clear and there wasn't any heat. And yeah, it was, a, I don't know, eight months to a year that I lived in there. By the time they moved in, I moved out. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I was I was definitely an odd man out to have lived in the same place for that long. Well, I lived in a punk house multiple times, the same house. I moved in, moved out, moved in, moved out, and moved in until we were evicted. And when we were evicted, it had been, I believe, 11 years since my friend had first started that lease. Oh, wow. And he hadn't lived there for at least five years by the end and it was mind boggling to anyone who would come in there and they'd be like wow this place is really great you know like uh there's there's all this stuff here and it'd be like well you know it's been a house for 10 years and they're like uh what you know because they'd think it was built 10 years ago no obviously no, it was like it was a really way, old house it was, it was like, like at least 100 years old, years old. Yeah. um but every nook and cranny there were people's stuff in that house that they had left there when they hopped a train six years ago and they still remember that it's there and they yeah. were planning on coming back. When we got evicted, it was kind of, kind of sad. Sorry, we wrote guys. out some letters. We, we had about 30 days to tell people, yeah. uh, but we just ended up having to put tons and tons of people's stuff, the people that had just left there. Cause it was kind of a transient hub of, of sorts. Um, but, uh, that was like mind boggling. Uh, I think that it would be mind-boggling to anyone in their 20s if you've lived in the same house for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I think that. I could be wrong. Like mm -hmm. I've said so many times on this episode, I'm making just wild... <laughs> wild claims. No, <laughs> nothing, totally unsubstantiated. Nothing to back it up. Uh, but, I mean, listeners, ask yourself, like, how long have you lived in one place? Like, what's the longest you've stayed in one place? And if it is a long time or not either, ask yourself, how many people do you know who've stayed in one place for a long time? 10 years. We'll call 10 years a long time. Yeah. Uh, you and I have never stayed in one place for 10 years. No. We are, I am certain, unless there are circumstances that I really can't predict, we're going to be here for at least 10 years. Oh, yeah. And by at least 10, I mean Hopefully for at least 40, forever. at least yeah. 40 more years. Yeah. And then I'll be taking my, my bow. It's my plan. Can you live to 90, please? Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I think you'd be a cute old man. I'll, I'll be the cutest old man you've ever seen. <laughs> I'll be so demented. <laughs> I won't be demented, but I'll pretend like I am. That's don't my worry. grandma did that for a while. <laughs> that was funny. She would like say stuff and it would be like driving her daughters crazy. My mom and my mom's sister. And she would look over at me and just wink. <laughs> Your grandma lived in the same house for a long time. From the yeah. 70s? I think from the late 70s. Yeah, I think my mom was just going on to college. So 30 plus years, we'll say. Yeah. 30 to 40. Yep. And then my cousin bought the house after. And that stays in the family. That's died. interesting. So too. that stays I mean, in the that's, family. That's and it's a cool. different, it's not a homestead. It's like a, you know, a suburb. Yeah, it's in a cul-de-sac. Yeah. It's in cold a sack. Cold sack. It's a cold sack. I'm always like. What does cul-de-sac mean? Where like, does that come from? Like, why would anyone want to eat a sack lunch? <laughs> cold sack. 
or, or going to a live in a cul-de-sac. I don't know. It's making me think of a cold-cut sandwich, and now I'm kind of hungry. What, what is exactly is sacrilegious? Mmm, <laughs> sacrilegious. And then there's that river by us, the Nooks Sack. Yeah. Why are people naming everything after scrotums? I don't know. <laughs> it's not. I mean, there's also bags. Is a bag named that for that kind of a sack? Ah, I think nobody sc- thinks about that. <laughs> sack. The scrotum is named after the purse, it's your <laughs> coin purse. Okay, we are horrible at keeping on topic today. I am exhausted. I would love a nap. Um, mm. I also have some fresh baked bread that I hope to mail out to somebody very special Ooh. on the East Coast. Yeah. Maybe it's not the coast, but it's on the east side of the country. I call everything that direction East Coast. Yeah, you're like, Idaho is East Coast. (laughs) Our East Coast friends, uh, Buffalo and Lakes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so um, uh, that's what, that's it. I think we should put a pin in it there and call it a podcast. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could sit here and make more speculation that is totally unsubstantiated. Yeah, yeah, you're good at that. Just be ridiculous. But... Really, my point of wanting to talk today was the was the um, just remembering your childhood, especially if anybody's listening who's younger. If you're I, in your twenties, um, what I wanted to say with that, I guess I never got out because um, is that really like remembering what it felt like to be a kid can really help you when you're being a parent. Yes. Because sometimes it's easier to go buck up, quit whining, you know, get at it, and like you're rushing your child through stuff that you realize like if someone was rushing you as an adult like that, it would be uncomfortable, and you are this little person without um, all the physical capabilities and you, you you don't have control or much say in anything. Mm-hmm. Remember what it felt like to be that yeah. and to not know everything and not always have the words for things and, and just like all the um, emotional maturity that comes with just having experiences and going through hard times and dealing with other people. Like you don't have that when you're a kid. And I think me remembering how that felt, it makes me a better mom. Absolutely. It does. And that's, uh, my final thoughts on this are that, cause I never brought it up. The reason that I was doing that in my twenties, uh, I didn't even know it, but I was doing that so that I'd have it for my kids. I did mention that, but because my dad personally, he did not remember being a child when I was a kid, he yeah. could not comprehend a child's mind. I would uh, say something to him and he would, he'd just smile and not respond. And I'd be like, but dad, blankety blank. And he'd be, what? No, that's impossible. You know, he'd tell me, no, that's an impossibility. You know, like that's what, what are you, why are you? He couldn't um, think about what it's like to use your imagination. Yeah. I mean, even right down to like doing homework, uh, I would say, how do you multiply this number by this number? And he'd tell me the answer. And I'd be like, yeah, I don't need the answer. I need to figure out how to get to that answer. And he'd just be like, what? Like, I gave you the answer. Like, why, why, like, he couldn't comprehend anything outside of the, uh, the adult point of view of that you need an answer, not how to get there. Right. Um, And uh, if, if I would, he would co- commonly say, well, don't try and pull that on me because I would say something that was like preposterous. And you think you're trying to trick him? I would only be trying to trick him. It wasn't possible that I'm just a, a, a dumb kid. I don't You mean, just were imagining something or trying to, trying to work through something, trying to understand something for yourself. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I was very aware of that when I was 20 mm-hmm. and I wanted to hold on to this childhood because I thought my dad was such a bad dad, which I yeah. don't, I don't necessarily, I don't know. 
my, my dad's a whole other subject of, yeah. sort of whether well, or not, he just wasn't good with kids. He wasn't good. He's still not good with kids. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, he looks at our, his grandkids now and he's like, well, they're going to need to drive to the store. It's like, well, they're nine. Yeah. Okay. Oh, do they need something to help them reach the pedals? You know, like, no, you're not allowed to get a license until you're 16. Oh, is that so? Hmm. Well, I drove when I was a kid. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's very weird. Uh, you know, I don't know, whatever. Um, so that's my point is try to remember your childhood in order to provide a better childhood for your kids. Yeah. And I believe as well that the traditional family, as we've been describing it, would force that upon everyone because great great grandparents would see the grandchildren and they would have always been exposed to tiny children yeah like if if we're all always exposed to tiny children the reason that that happens in our 20s is because by the time we're like 15 and unless you're in a really big family you're not around little kids you're anymore. not around little kids and then by the time you're 20 and you're drinking uh, or partying or do, do, uh, working on your career, whatever, whatever it is you're doing, you're completely removed from the child scene. Yeah. Um, and, um, or, you know, I remember a time bringing our son to my work and he asked me what somebody was doing and I told him to go ask them. And he asked them and this guy was like 25 and he stared at our son and then he looked at me and he said, I don't, I, I don't, I don't really know any kids. I don't know how to talk to them. And I said, well, just tell them what you're doing. And he's like, I'm, I'm working. What a and I was like, oh, well, you see, he's using this roller. He's doing this. And he, just say, you know, I'm making ravioli or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Like, I don't know. It, and, and he was in that moment where he's not remembering his childhood. Not remembering what it felt like to be a kid who was curious about something. Otherwise he would know how to answer that. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. All right. Raise good kids. That's the point. That's always the point. And uh, yeah, take care of each other. Yeah. And thanks for listening. Stay tuned for next week's episode. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a doozy. It's going to be a, what do they say? A banger? A banger. Know. It'll be a real banger. I hear Adam say that. Don't say a retarded oh, voice because then I said Adam. <clears throat> It'll be but. a real banger. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I don't know where he got it from, but I don't hear it as much anymore. So Triple used to say it a lot. Mm, yeah. Um, so then we, we've got, um, the website greenerpostures.com. If you want to email us greenerpostures at pm.me and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at greenerpostures and you, Mr. Chud X indeed. And you can reach out to us there, DM if you want to, and leave us a review on your pot, whatever, wherever you listen to us, leave a review. We love feedback. Nice. We love interactions. Yep. We love, we love all of the emails we've ever received. Yes. Thank you. All three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. All right. Peace out, everybody. Bye.